Today's special music lovers, you are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Drinking Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and as usual, we are so happy that you've decided to spend a little more time in the basement with us. Uh, it's a nice spring day here in D.C. You can hear Clyde, the neighbor dog, outside barking a little, maybe, if you listen closely. Sweet dude and his friend Riot, a nice big Doberman pincher, hanging out a couple houses up. Uh, we're pet friendly, did I mention that? Um, got a got a great little podcast for you today to kick off your week. It might be a little disorienting because we're covering a lot of ground here. Uh, first up, we're going to be uh, talking about an article that was in Fader that was proclaiming the list the best or most exciting bands in DC right now. Um, we had a lot of thoughts on that, and as we always do, we're based here in Washington DC. We are sort of plugged into the scene and. Uh, and so, invited Mr. Marcus Dowling and Eduardo is back uh, after a much-needed vacation uh, to talk about that. And then after that, it is uh, our country panel, which those two gentlemen uh, seem we seem to be doing that this year. And uh, talking about one Sam Outlaw out of Los Angeles, he has a new album called Tenderheart. Going to tell you more about him and more about that album and share our thoughts on the Dawsification of of California rock. And then, um, to get even more, uh, disparate and, and, and it seems like these parts don't fit together. Colin Stetson has a new album out called All This I Do For Glory. We've got a track for that, uh, for you to hear off of that. And that will, uh, and that will complete your podcast adventure. Uh, so like I said, uh, you know, a little disorienting when you hear it all together, I think it's going to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, given what we generally talk about here. Uh, If not, chop them into parts. I'm not going to tell you the markers, but hey, you'll figure it out. And that's our podcast. So, if you are ready for some super tough love, and man, I mean this, we we go in uh, on on our beloved Washington, D.C. in the music scene, but it is out of nothing but love, and, um, and some super country and some super weird shit. Let's head on down to the basement. Uh, we're kicking things off by talking about the most exciting bands in D.C., or maybe not, and then some Sam Outlaw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look, man, this ties into what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but, y- y- you know, you guys knew Marcus Dowling by now, right? Hey, what's everybody going on, everybody? Everybody know him? Yeah. You My guys guy. know Eduardo. Eduardo, you've been gone for a while. 
I'm back. You, you took a little vacation. Yeah, I did. I, How I, was that? Uh, it was um, tropical and beachy, and I'm surprised there's any rum left anywhere. I saw you were you were you were going in. <laughs> Yeah, we did the cheesy island thing, and uh, it was enough to make us decide that like the next trip will be like Croatia or uh, you know, I, I, is this Iceland why you're wearing or something. This liver, livermatic on the outside here. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have. I'm I mean, wearing, I'm I'm wearing it, Tommy I'm Bahamas. It's the USB C <laughs> charger and not the old iPad charger no, thing because no. we don't have those in here. No, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do Tommy Bahamas head to toe next up. So. <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah. And, and we're all gonna go eat at a Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! Uh, we're here today to actually talk about some country music. This I and realize as this year progresses, this is sort of our country music panel. Yeah, uh, you can get Paul, <laughs> this is no, true. Yeah, yeah, you can get Paul here if he if you're talking about Laurie Morgan, not Laurie Morgan, Laurie McKenna. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but yeah, we we have covered most of the country on this site all year long. Huh, look yeah. at us. Uh, yeah, I'm it. fine. I mean, I, I would invite other people to. I think Jake Ramirez would Good. be like really into it. Awesome. Awesome. You know, I like push, Jake. Pushing the limits. I like Jake a lot. I really want to get Mauricio down here to a country. Because <laughs> I think he, he... Challenge yourself, Mauricio. Yes, challenge yourself, Mauricio. Um, uh, the name of the album we're going to be talking about is Tenderheart by Sam Outlaw. I'm going to tell you a little bit more, probably a lot more about him a little later. But first, uh, we, we got news this week and, uh, yeah. and a little discussion of front. Breaking. Yeah, so... So a big topic of discussion and something that uh, a podcast you're going to hear on Thursday uh, that you and I actually covered, I think, uh, pretty. We were angry, Marcus. Yeah. And so that that will never see the light of day. No, but but we, we yeah. had a thing uh, before we talked about the Gorillaz album, which is coming on Thursday, that we talked about this whole scene. And sort of magically, this article popped up on the fader and recontextualized everything for me and so that wait there actually is something to talk about other than us just being angry and frustrated maybe not even at the scene i don't know but uh somebody asked mary timoney of xx of of helium fame mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. she's she's a 100 percent badass yep. she is and she is uh dc as fuck as they say what the nine best bands in washington dc right now were right now here's a list of the bands she she listed Snail Mail, Bat Fangs, Sneaks, Priests, Gauche, Escapism, featuring Ian Savonius, Cigarette, Flasher, and Puff Pieces. So, what's wrong with this picture? Let's start with you. I mean, you can see, like, this, this pained expression on my face. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's 2017 in Washington, D.C., and if you name, like, 38 white people who make rock music, uh-huh. well, what what DC do you live in? Like no disrespect or anything, but like, yeah. Do you do you not listen to? Not, not that we. I mean, we always big up Jamal on this podcast, but Nak Champa. Do you listen to? Uh, well, there's nothing. There's nothing to, to listen to in Nak Champa. We, right. we said that we you have to yeah. you have to take them off the right, table right. right now. Yeah, like um, April and Vista. Like, do you listen to like even other bands? Like, say the the backyard band. Or Rare Essence, who put out a song They together. just put out a song together, right, yeah. It's exactly. really good. just put out a song. Yeah. And I, I want to yeah, make like, it clear, before we get too deep into this, that, that this is not about Mary. This is Mary is a is she is a diehard punk rocker and she is that is just what she but, is. Well, it's like, it's you, like but, asking an oncologist like what you should treat if you have four different <laughs> issues, right? The oncologist is going to say the cancer. The yes, ortho surgeon is yes. going to say fix the broken yeah. bone, right? It's just, she's it's she's speaking to her wheelhouse. You can't 
But okay, so anybody who like is aware of DC is aware of the diversity that makes DC unique. Yeah. That that's one of the selling points of the city. Like when people ask me, as they often do, name me seven bands that are great in DC. I can run across the gamut. And I always run across the gamut. Just because that that is speaking to what makes DC uniquely great right now. Like in keeping there's a there's a lack of worth as well in keeping the DC is the punk rock capital of the universe narrative mm-hmm. like it's completely not. alive because it's not true. And, and, mm-hmm. and in 2017, that needs to die. Right. It's the same thing of like, you know, kids that speak about like hardcores resurgent in DC. It's like, yes, that's cool. But that's not the entire story. Like you have but to like it, it's go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you have to like be honest and be truthful to the again the diversity of music that is being made within Washington D.C. Well, now if you now if it, the, the other key is that if you're asked to make that list and you just name X number of bands that are in certain genre, you also have to be cognizant of putting a statement before you make this statement that says mm-hmm. this is what I am going to say. This is not and this is not a statement about the scene in in general. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be aware of making that statement. Like 20 years ago you didn't have to be aware of making that right. statement. Even 5 years ago you didn't have to be aware of making that statement. Well, but I, now you do. I think too this is on this is on the 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 author of the article and and the headline writer is like this is not the best bands or even good bands in DC. I mean out of all these bands, Cigarette is the only one who who will be around and well, they'll be around because they're forever. And and right. can we all just raise our hands or just concede? Cigarette isn't great. They're just around. They've been around forever. Uh, there's they're a reason. A, a there's a reason. Band. Yeah, they're a good band, but there's a reason like they aren't massive because, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in harsher terms, uh, because th- that's just not what they do. But And Priest, who will probably be around yep. in five years, but probably won't be in D.C., yeah. Uh, as much as I dislike their actual output, I do recognize that they're a good band. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and they, right. They're talented. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, snail mail is going to break off and then whatever, uh, Lindsay decides to do, uh, bat fangs is a side project. Uh, ghost. I don't know where the fuck. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. here's the, and stop mm. talking about Ian Savonius. He's a rad dude. <laughs> but punk is dead. He's the, he's um, the same with Flash in America. And pieces. So, still. And we're not saying that these are bad bands, but we're, what we're saying is, is that if you're looking at DC and you're seeing what's going on, this is not what's going on in DC. If it, if even the article had said this is what's going on in Comet Ping Pong, I would be like, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> you right. just listed right. the calendar right. for June. I mean, it's <laughs> funny also because the best song in the city to me is Coop Savage and the Snips Air to Nothing, and sure, you know, and they they they're a band, they're an actual band, like, and that's like it's funny to me. I'm like, wait. They have the best song. The but, list and, and, and the aesthetic in the list to me, it, it, it almost made me feel like I kept thinking about in um, uh, in the mid 90s. I was um, uh, I would I as a as a foreigner here, I couldn't uh, I couldn't work. And so when all my friends had like summer jobs or even mm-hmm. when you're home from college as a visiting college student, you can only work on the campus that you attend. Yeah. And since I went to a small school in Ohio, I was not staying there during the summer just to work some minimum wage job so i was so i was back here and i would end up volunteering at a head start program at ninth and rhode island which in 1994 Mm -hmm. through eight was totally different from the 
hipster gentrified Ninth and Rhode Island that you have today. It was a head start called Bright Beginnings, which is an awesome place. So I would come down here and I didn't know that what I heard from other cars and on the street was go-go music. Right. I had, I, as a, as a white person in Montgomery County, like I had, I had zero actual exposure to go-go music. I didn't, and it was pre-internet. So I couldn't even figure out like, what is this thing that I'm hearing? So go-go was sort of this folklore thing. It wasn't until many years later when I read some story in the post or something about DC's hidden music scene, because the white zines I read didn't talk about go-go, you know, it right. was, it was so completely divorced this, that, that kind of hardcore indie rock scene was so divorced from all of these other forms of music. Mm -hmm. And, and I can look back on it and think, you know, as a, as someone who'd been in the U S for two or three years at that point, pre-internet, like maybe it's okay that I didn't understand that go-go music was actually the native music of, of DC. I, I don't think it's okay for, I, I, I get why someone reading an article on the fader, which, which Nate, which, which is about Mary Timoney. Yeah might not want to see go go listed but 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 i chafe at the notion that like the acts she named are somehow representative of dc and i think that's yeah, and that's actually that's actually the other point i was going to bring up is like uh i i mean uh, uh, i'll throw myself under the bus with this like uh, after the motorcycle passes yeah <laughs> there, there's the bus Brad. coming for me right now Brad. There um it is. you know uh and we've been sort of creeping up to this. This is one of the points we did make it in when we were angry and unfocused. We were uh, very angry and very unfocused. Is DC is likely never going to be a music town, music city. Not for what people are trying to make it. It already is or was, given the history. But even on that front, it's, we're fighting a, a sort of a, a cultural war where the music that is this city is being pushed out, but people think that it can be, like you said today, uh, think that it, we can l launch something like Sub Pop here. Right. Oh, so it's funny and, you mentioned Sub Pop. But, but let, let me continue yeah. a little bit down that thing. Yeah, go for so, it. So, so, again, that is not to say that we do not have brilliant musicians in this town. Uh, not, but not only do we not have the, the specific infrastructure, you can find PR people everywhere who mm -hmm. can do this. And, and look... We deal with enough PR people. You don't need a PR person who specializes in music because basically what that says, I went on tour with a band once and now I have a job talking about bands. There's no, <laughs> there's no requalifications right. with, the, with the exception of maybe five, maybe six people. Uh, they're all shit. And, and I have no problem saying that. They're just remarkably inept at their jobs. Uh, and yet bands pay into it. They they think they have to spend three thousand dollars. You know, we just talked about a man, Humble Fire. You know, who who went to a guy, one of the guys who's really good, Daniel Gill at Force Field PR. Uh, so maybe that'll work out for him. But uh, you're you're looking at an industry, a cottage industry that doesn't really give a fuck in general about you, the band. And so because we don't have that here, and because we don't have any of that here, and because the town is built on government, and that's it. Mm -hmm. There's no middle class. There's uh, this is this is what DC is. We're ne we're never going to get that, and we shouldn't try. Okay, so it's it's a, there's a funny thing that I was thinking about this morning. We were talking, Kevin. Um, thank God that this is not 1994, and articles like this lead to every single person that's mentioned in an article getting signed by the record industry. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. summarily getting dropped <laughs> by said record industry. Right. That's what happened in Seattle when grunge emerged, and mm -hmm. it was like all those articles came out 
that named every single person that yep. ever played an underground club in Seattle. All these people got deals, you know, like one in 10 succeeded. So I'm really glad to see that the record industry, this is one of those times where you're like, thank God the record industry just kind of like is middling along and failing right now because they can't look at an article that's in the fader that's like, hey, these are the best bands. And then just sign those people and act like DC just doesn't exist anymore. I'm very, right. I'm actually super right. thankful about that. Like, that's the one great thing about an article like this or anybody that writes these articles. Like, there's going to be a lot of them about DC coming. Just to, just to let you know, just to let everybody, yeah, in yeah. the collective you who are listening to this podcast know that you're going to see a million articles about, these are the best bands coming out of DC. DC is a thing because DC is recession proof and is the only place in America that, you know, like people have money and are willing to spend frivolously on things like live concerts. And because priests is, ha- I mean, I mean, I mean, right, I think, priests, I think, I think, I think right that now, also, they will have a long, I think it's know. more so the fact that, well, every single band in America would, would give their right arm to be in a city where you know, right. people have access to income and go to live shows. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an important thing. So DC's going to get a lot of these stories. But the thing is that that's ultimately great and thankful for, like, hopefully, number one, it'll spur a rise of a local scene, which I hope, like, personally, just for right. my own greed and desire to see people do well and see me and all my friends be able to, like, sip lattes and hang out in the morning and be proud of ourselves for being sustainable and independent, you know, music-related people. But on the other level, like, What's not going to happen, thank God, is that people are not going to suddenly get signed to inflated label deals and make one album right. and then come back and become bitter, jaded people that hate the music industry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and 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 to speak to that thing about building a scene, uh, I think you're saying, and I think all of us down here would agree, we just don't have a scene in D.C. right now. Right. Contrary yeah. to popular belief and contrary to the great work of a lot of people, yeah. it's not happening. And the reason it's not happening is some of the reasons I mentioned, but another reason it's not happening is because we don't have the venues. This isn't New York where you can have like 50 different places a night that you could just go play a set. Right. There's what, like seven decent places to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 um, and, yeah. and, and some would say, oh, but what about the house show scene? The general public isn't going to the house show scene. So that no. becomes an echo chamber of people who are, you know, will eventually abandon dc right because mm-hmm. and this is this is another part of the problem dc's a completely transient city completely transient the fact that i've been here for 10 years is is astounding for a lot of people right because you just don't stay yeah or you don't come back right like both of you yeah. exactly you know, but right but the people who do uh stick around and they and they know the city i think a little better and when you have people coming it's like it's like the way people drive in Washington D.C. Sorry to get local on you people, but you know it's, it's important. Trust it me. is important. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically, nobody can drive here because everybody comes from all over the fucking country, and they think they were taught how to drive. I will go on record as saying Maryland has the worst drivers. If you're in, if you're in <laughs> I the used, left lane, I used to think it was go faster. I used to think it was Virginia, and I'm and I'm now reluctantly conceding that Maryland yeah. is is as bad right. as Virginia. Right. But but put that in terms of of a music scene or any artistic scene and stuff. You have a potential maybe to have this like beautiful melting pot of stuff. But what what actually happens is there's no identity, and you ignore the mm-hmm. identity of what was here before, which is soul, go go, and blues, and honestly bluegrass. Yeah. You don't you don't build on what this town was was in for, and you try to do stuff like what if Grizzly Bear lived in Washington D.C. <laughs> Well, that's just and a, it'd be better if Grizzly Bear didn't exist anywhere. So, 
<laughs> well, okay, so that 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 speaks to two points, and um, it's like okay, so number one, there's a lack of imagination in our scene because, and I'll say this, and people will hear it, and I don't care what they say, they can come fight me. Um, people were inspired by the imagination of what they thought the hipster underground was yeah. between mm-hmm. 2000 and 2010 because it didn't happen in DC and everybody read all of the blogs and saw all of the YouTube videos and went to all the concerts and they imagined what this could be. And then because you're in Washington DC and you're a white person, let's be honest, these are like largely white it is. kids yeah, yeah. who you're do right. this. Like right. Mary Tiffany is a white person, right? Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. So when you have this imagined thing, and then also you grew up in Washington, D.C., and you're a white, or you live in Washington, D.C., and you're a white person, you go, oh, well, other white people who live in Washington, D.C. did this punk and hardcore and DIY and DIT thing, so we have to do the literal exact same thing, because we lack imagination and lack the desire to be able to look actually at the music that has sustained and succeeded for multiple generations out of the District of Columbia. Which is not punk and hardcore. Yeah, Mm-mm. it's soul blues. It was jazz, such a, and that, that was such a blip on the history of this town. Yeah, yeah. But it was the only blip that involved that significantly involved white people. Well, it, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like a bit of like a young. Which I, now I, I, I don't want to cast. I don't want to cast like Ian McKay and all those guys. No, they're brilliant at, people as people who did not care about the community because they because they really yeah, did. But they're brilliant but, people. But, they did but the it thing. is. Literally, like the blip that involved white people and brought them into that and said, "Hey, this is going to be this is going to be okay because it's a little more whitewashed." Right. I think I think there's a there's a big and uh, to foreshadow an album that we're going to talk about uh, in a, on a later episode. Um, you know, Thurston Moore, who was basically responsible for the existence of most alternative guitar-driven mm-hmm. rock, exactly. Um, has has been saying since the 80s that 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 rock is not experimental it's not daring it's not challenging it's not looking i mean i mean this is you know they were they were sonic youth were uh they had chuck d on a track in yes. like yeah. 1987 or 8 yeah. right um and and he said he thinks the most daring album is not all the feedback stuff he's done recently but it's solange's a place at the table so yeah so yeah. so the guy the guy who is basically on the mount rushmore of of this kind of world mm-hmm. is saying we should be looking beyond the stuff that we've done because the answers are not here. So yeah, and then it's it's even funnier because now these kids do like all these kids that I and and, and I know they're listening to the podcast and I can I can mention them <laughs> as these kids and because they know exactly who they are right and they're like and all they do is listen to black music but the thing is, is that their ears are so polluted by the the years of belief that the only music that they can make and the only music that can sustain them is not black music that there's no context by which they can actually take the stuff that they're listening to and then create music that is refreshing and unique and blending things that they are gifted and talented at with the thing that is alien foreign to their scene. Mm -hmm. And the, the learning curve for that, we were talking about this earlier today too, Kevin, the learning curve for teaching people how the music industry actually works. When you take a thing that you don't know with a thing you do know and create a brand new thing is painstakingly arduous and a pain in all of my assholes at the exact same time. <laughs> well, and I, I, I like I don't I don't even think like we need or people here need and this goes for people who are doing soul or or whatever Nagchamp is doing um and and and, and hip hop hip hop and it. stuff here I, I I don't even think it needs to be necessarily new I think uh and we've touched on this a lot is that it needs to be good I mean the power of one good song because the reality is that Goldlink album 
is an is a very important album. It's not a very good album. Hands on your knees is probably the most important record that everybody can listen to off of that record. Right. They feel really exactly. good about themselves. Exactly. And that's Kokai. <laughs> yeah. So Right. So, you know, right. but but it's it's not it's not a very good album. It's certainly not a great album. And one of the people I was it's funny, and, one of the people I was specifically talking about is actually listening to that record right now. Yeah. Right. God. Right. Real talk. Right. So so <laughs> so without you know, sitting here thinking about like what is going to make a great band in DC, we don't have like w- this is nine bands. We can't point to nine others. No, like th- <laughs> yeah. that, that, there's that. I I was my my whole thing with like trying to plan this discussion was like, oh well, we'll just name these, but we actually can't because people look. April and Vista are great. Yeah. They don't have great work out though. Yeah, I mean they're working they on have it right really now. Good they're out. literally working on it right now in the studio, and that's going to bear out. Nag Champa, same thing. Right, literally don't have great right out now. now. Uh, you have a lot of even indie rock bands. Right, not great work out now. We are in yeah. this Louis, Louis Weeks, literally in the studio. No, it's done. It's done. Right, it's done. I don't, I don't even know if that's DC. We can talk about that on a later podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the name of the band is Fonafor. Right, for, for yeah. uh, mm-hmm. look up for it. But uh, I do like that a lot better because at least it's honest. It's not trying to fit into some marketplace. It's just like. This is me, and this is Noah, and we made these things. And more importantly, they're going to keep making these things and not right. bitch about it. Right. And, and and I guess that's the thing, is that this is all hard. It's all hard for everybody. And we're, and we're in a ridiculously hard time in, in American history just to just to hang out and not be like to make no. to make your best music right now like for me for me making doing my best writing is 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 backbreaking right but you've been thinking about you've been rethinking like how you write right yeah exactly. i have to you have to it's the only way like this, so you this can't is just hard. sit down and be like well let's do this because culture yeah. doesn't matter at no, this point in history it does not it has you nothing different you got anything to add to that eduardo or no, no no you guys you guys have it covered okay <laughs> Uh, well then, then let's move on and, uh, look, you know, if you're listening to this and, uh, you want to come down to the basement, you want to talk with me and Marcus or you, Eduardo, and, and I, I would love to, I think this is going to be an ongoing series because I think this is important to talk about. We didn't even touch on the fact that like, we shouldn't be giving any fucking money to bands in DC until we fix the homeless problem. Well, I mean, sorry that, if that makes me like that, a little more goes, conservative, than, uh, but, but you know, that, that's a, that's a stupid proposition, but uh, Yo, they're homeless people literally leaving their stuff on the streets at night. Yeah. Like, covered on the streets at night right now in Washington, D.C. Right. And coming back in the morning, and their stuff uh, is not stolen because everybody understands how bad homelessness is, and nobody wants to actually screw somebody yeah, over. Yeah. But, 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 but we hit the budget surplus trigger, so there has to be some sort of tax relief coming, right? <laughs> Instead, I mean, I mean that yeah. is, D.C, DC had, yeah. to, had, to, down, had to exceed brother. a certain amount by trickle a certain down, amount of brother. time. Yeah. Yeah. Trickle down, Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's so... Uh, so, but that's for a later podcast. Uh, right now, uh, we're going to talk about a guy from town may have a similar problem. Uh, Mr. Sam Outlaw, his new album is called Tenderheart. Here's the track. Has a been lately? Has a love that you
track off of Sam Outlaw's second album. He had an EP way back in 2014. Now, this is a guy from Los Angeles. I think he originally said he's from, uh, what, South Dakota? Mm-hmm. From Aberdeen, South Dakota. Uh, South Dakota. Uh, settled in Los Angeles. Had a very successful career in advertising until he hit the age of 30 and said, you know what? Fuck this, man. I want to be country as fuck. Uh, I think he still might be living up to that goal, like trying to figure out how to get there. Uh, but on 2015... After playing a fuck ton of shows around Los Angeles uh, and being friends of uh, Joaquin Cooter, who's mm-hmm. Ry Cooter's son, mm-hmm. of course, uh, he made his first debut album, uh, Angelino, featuring people like Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes and Gabe Witcher of Punch Brothers. And honestly, I, I went looking back through our emails around that time, and I, I remembered this album, and I remember not feeling it. Uh, and since then, I've, I've revisited it, and I really feel it, partially because there's a ma- mariachi on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good. And um, toured relentlessly for this. I mean, this guy is an actual road dog. He f- he's he's everywhere. In fact, he just played at Songbird. We missed it. Yeah. Uh, it was in April, right? Songbird yeah. to book yeah, this guy. Well, well, I mean, that's that's John. Yeah, that's John. That's John O'Connor. John O'Connor. Uh, so out. now, in, in 2017, a couple of weeks ago, he released Tenderheart. It is his second album. Instead of Ry Cooter, it is self-produced, and um, it is a uh, it's a step back, I think, from Angelino. So this is stuff that he has described as uh, sort of California country, which we need to figure out what that oh, is in the course of this podcast. But it's it's Graham it's Graham Parsons' children, right? Sort of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah. Graham Parsons' children. But you have yeah. a lot of like Linda Ronstadt, you have a lot of Eagles, and then and then looking yeah. north, cool. you have like Bakersfield. And it's his claim that everybody from Los Angeles makes, and I don't know where or why they think they. It's okay, just. Okay. I think. I think. I think but, it just means there's. There's less going in that. I can. Yeah. I can. I can get into this. Um, on a human level, it's like this. This album strikes me in a human way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I don't know if anybody's ever been to South Dakota. Have not. Okay, so I've been to South Dakota. <laughs> I've also been to North tell. Dakota, and. Um, thing that you you don't know about these places because these places exist on the map and you just don't like mm-hmm. ever think anything actually happens there so when you go to north dakota and south dakota they're pockets of like hyper curated hipster communities oh yeah where like the whole thing went like if you want to know where like 2009 went and just <laughs> died <laughs> are they renaming towns i mean <laughs> like 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 if you want to know where like 2009 just went Wow. And it just like and like you could walk uh, and okay so like I'll I'll give you a, a a a corollary story here. I walked into a hipster bar once in Fargo, North Dakota, and in the middle of this hipster bar, they were playing Santee Golden M.I.A. and everybody had on cowboy hats and spurs and boots. Hmm. All right, and they were acting like nothing was weird, nothing was awkward. They had their they had their 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 hyper curated beer shirt on, with their belt buckle that was on. Almost ironically, mm-hmm. and you're yeah, like, okay, almost this is ironically, almost yeah. ironically, because you are in the middle of a place that is had, had a planned view in the varsity blues later. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, even okay, so you take a guy like Sam Outlaw, mm-hmm. who is 30 years old, mm-hmm. so this means that eight years ago he was 22, 
then that means that he is well within this this bracket. So I can look at him and I look at his cover with his ironic hat pulled over his eyes so you can't see his face and his very well like you know put together outfit with his, his belt buckle. Yeah. And his his Hawaiian sort of cowboy western theme shirt thing mm-hmm. going on and his his Levi jacket. I'm looking at him like okay, I see you. And when you end up in LA and you make a lot of money and you decide that you want to to quit and do music, that that's a key point of the story because that means that you have money to sink into losing it music until you win. Yeah. So yep. you're failing towards the mean is what you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. So like, and then you also have the money to tour like a road dog because they tell you when you do music that you have to tour in order to win. When you're also in LA and you have Ry Cooter's son behind you, yep. yeah. you have all of the, the ability to win eventually. Because also, if you have this background, like I said, when I walked into that bar in Fargo, North Dakota, you have access to all the vinyl records. You've heard all of the, the yeah. playlists. You've heard all of the Pandora, Spotify, Fader, uh, Name Me a Country Blog. I like No Any Depression, Graham Drunkard does all of them. Uh, right. yeah, all yeah. Of them. When they all put out the same list, they, you've, you've, you've done that. You could also take a flight to Nashville and yeah. just hang out for a week mm-hmm. and soak it all in, baby. And you go back out to L.A. and you can sit down with your friends and make great music. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's artificially great. It's not actually great well, in that sense where like, you have like I'm trying to figure out because you just queued up something really good. I'm trying to figure out which way we go with this. Yeah. Uh, because you know there there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in this album, yeah. and it is interesting because we haven't talked about Angelino Country mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. which which isn't a thing. It, and uh, it's it is make, no, it is, no, it is yeah. very much but a thing. A point, I'll make a point about that real quick. All the girls I know from the South who go to L.A. all get tattoos and all fall in love with country again, but they fall in love with country because they've had some kind of traumatic experience, some kind of thing that has occurred in their life and in their move mm. and in their loss of a job, gain of a boyfriend got drunk one night on the Sunset Strip thing where they hmm. suddenly go, this country thing speaks to me. I'm going to get a tattoo of somebody riding a horse like the, the University of Wyoming cowboy mascot. Yeah. And then Angelino country exists. Let's let's play a track right now. And this is where I think he, he does actually hit the country on this. This is right. a little Porter Wagner stuff. And then and we're going to come back because I think Eduardo has some hot takes. Again. So I searched the earth to find the love I needed But I found her right inside of my hometown And though we both are still too young And your father owns a gun I think you're just the girl to make me settle down Well I got all my life just to find a wife And you got yours to find a man but if you don't mind, I'd rather spend my time growing on together till we reach the end. Uh, All My Life uh, by Sam Outlaw off his new album, Tender Heart. That is, uh, that's competent country, man. That, that, it is. That gets it. I mean, it's, it's, it, it has a little sheen on it. It has a little. It takes me back to like Dwight Yoakam from the eighties. Oh yeah, uh, you know uh, it's which I quite like. I I really enjoy. I think he's on tour actually too yeah. soon yeah. here in DC. Um, 
And it's something you don't hear a lot going back to that, where it's a song about ne- not necessarily... Uh, <laughs> It's certainly not about solo cups and your pickup trucks, like you know. But it, but it, it maybe not be about really anything. It's is a weird zone of country. Well, I think that's that's kind of the issue with this album is that um, it's not it, you know it certainly doesn't have any like egregious songs. Um, it it because it's a kind of urbane cosmopolitan type of country. Um, actually, the 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 comp that I go to for that is uh, someone like Lyle Lovett. Um, oh, yeah. and, and totally. yeah, who, totally. whose, whose music I love, but I think, I think the key difference, and I think this is just where, you know, I, I, I think this is a nice album. Um, I think there's, there's, there's plenty to enjoy about it. I think where it falls a little bit short is that, um, uh, so someone like Lyle Lovett, you know, the last verse of every song of his tells you something that the other verses didn't. There's something that happens at the end. There's some way in which he frames what he just told you. Right, right, right. Um, I think I think where these songs come up short is that the ideas that are in the first verse are all the ideas that you're going to get out of the song. You know, you might you might get a slightly different spin on them, but they're not. But they're not going to be. You're not going to be surprised by something that happens later in the song. And 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 that's where the album feels a little bit safe to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the like. Uh, I think as we're trying to talk about what Angelino country might be like. Do they not have fucking banjos in Southern California? They have all the banjos. But nobody puts them on these records. I, like, I, that's, I think what yeah. we're talking about here is is maybe not Angelino Country and, and it's a and and I hate to say this because these guys are the nicest dudes on the planet. Um, here it goes. It, yeah, here it goes. <laughs> it is. Uh, and it, it is the rise of Dawes Rock. Yeah. Uh, which you have a, a group of very talented people who make very benign music. Uh, for very benign people, and I'm not <laughs> remarkably saying that pejoratively. Yeah, I, I'm saying people need that. It doesn't resonate with as a country fan. It doesn't resonate with me. But if you go back and listen to the Dawes albums, uh, what you get is some some decent musicianship along the line of of or incredible musicianship, but along the lines of like Jackson Brown, which right. Jackson Brown was only appealed to sort of privileged. Uh, well to do, uh, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. surf bum, have do a cocaine habit. Do yeah. you want to bring in Laurel Canyon into this? No, yeah, no, we no are, it's there. We're, it's we're there, talking yeah. exactly about Laurel Canyon, Good deal. Good deal. and but not not Laurel Canyon like the freaky shit that like Father right. John Misty is exploring. <laughs> uh, Laurel Canyon like the guys who already made it uh, yeah. and are okay yeah. and have a thing and and so there's a joy in that music. The Eagles came up out of that 100, yeah. mm-hmm. but they also like were the backing man for people like Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. And they got somehow right. got some weird perspective until you get to the long run, which the long run is they're, they're like sort of declined back into just assy California country. Yeah. Um, Disco Strangler. Come on. Nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody wants that song. <laughs> nobody wants that song, you know, but, but I think that that disappeared with the Eagles, honestly, for, for decades. And now it, it's coming back with Dawes. I think Dawes mm-hmm. actually literally brought it back, as evidenced by they got they were Jackson Brown's touring band, right? So this is like a, a offshoot, and like I mentioned before, yeah, yeah, Goldsmith it's... plays on this album, right? And so it's hard to figure out like what, like what the point of this, and and who the market is. You already sort of said who the market is. I will but... tell you a, a thing. 
that that I found on this record that that like frustrated me. It's the frustration point I have with this record. It's the reason why I fell asleep listening to this record three three separate mm-hmm. times, and the reason why we're an hour and a half behind starting this podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so songwriting is important in country music because people that really? write great country songs have lived lives where the punchlines to all of their songs are so astounding that you want to come back and listen. Everybody from Johnny Paycheck to Johnny Cash mm-hmm. to God, um, Kenny Rogers to Travis Tritt to, we could keep naming people who are great yeah. country songwriters who write songs that have Hank Williams, Hank, Hank Jr., Hank mm-hmm. Third, all of them. They all like write great songs. They've all lived lives and they have a punchline. And it goes for me even to like, when you talk about like rap, like Eminem and Notorious B.I.G. are great rappers as songwriters because again they have real life things that happen where you can edit as the punchline at the end of the song and you're just like gobsmacked like yeah what so so what Story does to tell. What, what do you yeah. think what do you think happens <laughs> yeah. because the song we're going to get to here in a second is is fulfills that yeah well this is so you know we were sort of joking and and i think the song we're looking at is bottomless mimosas sure is that, is yeah. that where we're going so which which you and I were joking on Gchat, Kevin. You might as well just call that like 14th Street brunch or something <laughs> <laughs> like that. I mean, it's very it's trying to see, so, you know, there's there's a couple of things happening there. So one is that in, in folk and country, there's this uh, sort of attempt. There's this self challenge that people uh, put themselves up to, which is, can I take a clunky phrase mm-hmm. and make it melodic? Right. Can I take right. something that's like mm-hmm. metrically awkward and build a song out of it? So that's the title. That's bottomless mimosas. Yeah. Um, what what the song does i think almost it's it's almost very successful i think i like like i think it's i think it's a good song it has a nice kind of sentiment um and 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 it's it's the scale of it is right so it's just this idea that like you know you, you uh, some days you win some days you lose you get low but you're never fully empty bottomless mm-hmm. mimosas and right. and life goes on and yeah. that's and that's it's, life will be you know, mind your own biscuits and life will be gravy <laughs> yeah no to that to the best. Yeah. so so I want to play this song because actually this is one of my favorite songs of the year yeah. because of that. It is, um, I, I picture this in every CW show. Oh yeah. That, that is not in the Arrowverse. Young, but it, it is, it is great young adult angst. It is great right? young adult <laughs> angst. Uh, and done by a guy who's, who's in advertising. Yeah. yeah. Let's right. be honest. Like, it's, 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 this is, is clever. I mean, but when we come back, I want to, I want to talk about why, why this song is clever and why there's not, more of this on this album as opposed to say like Chris Stapleton's album who we're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, in a few weeks but uh, this is uh, this is actually this has been my jam all week Bottomless Mimosas Trading looks and gossip over bottomless mimosas start of a brand new day Friday now was wicked so you Okay, so that, that's very. That's a very. If if you had told me Dawes made that, I would be like, yes, Dawes made that song. 
Um, but that is a great line. You might get low, uh, but you never will run out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's that's a great emotional hook. There's a certain category, too, of like, again, that sort of that urban millennial angst that is mm-hmm. just so well captured and they're like, well, my life sucks. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm my sort of station in life is that I'm is that I'm stuck and I keep making Ooh. the same bad decisions on a Friday night. And, and here I am on a Saturday morning. Right. You know, but it's, but it's, it's but the think, opposite of Sunday morning coming down. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The opposite. It's like no, no. We gotta get gassed up again. And, Saturday and very, morning, looking up. And, 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 <laughs> exactly. If anybody is spending any time in Los Angeles, uh, it would have been great if Sean could have been here to talk about this because he used to live there. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've only been there once, spent a few days, but like I get it. I, I get all the pictures he's painting, and I get this more than anything. Um, you know, but. <laughs> I think I think what you wanted to talk about, Marcus, was a little bit like when you can do something like this. Do you decide? Do you want to be the um, Sturgill Simpson, which might be a bad example, but do you want to no, be a perfect example? Do you right want to be the outlaw country, or you do, do you want to be Kenny Chesney? Yeah, and that's the point. He goes, okay, and okay. There's another point I wanted to bring up about um, pet sounds, mm-hmm. um, which Brian Wilson wrote with an ad executive, mm-hmm. Tony Asher. That's what he mm-hmm. was before he wrote commercial jingles. Mm-hmm. Which is important to note with this record, because Sam Outlaw, before writing country songs, was writing probably ad jingles. The guy, uh, Matt Brenninger, in, uh, in a, uh, I guess that's how you say his name, International, also an ad exec. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, these guys must make a lot of money, and then they can get out and, you know, make yeah. country records. But, uh, in any event, um, there's a thing here that I like. The one thing I do like about this song is that it's, it's ballsy. It's ballsy and punk in a sense where, like, okay, I'm, I, I live this life... Where a mimosa literally makes more sense to me than like whiskey, scotch, bourbon, any sort of alcohol yeah. that country music has ever had in its, you know. To yeah. be fair, yeah. he has he has talked about this album and said, you know, I mean, Tenderheart because there's machismo in his family, but he's he's like that's not me, right? I'm yeah. a softy, and and I respect that, right? Man. And so I'm just, I'm, but I'm glad though because like at least like. He's been he's been able to break the grip that men and women in country have had for like the last five years of saying, I drink scotch and I get fucked up and do mm. marijuana and then bad shit happens. Yeah. 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 Well, even like, even, I, even the Casey Musgraves, who is Well, I think well, especially uh, uh, Gretchen uh, uh, Wilson, I think is her name. You know, even, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, you, when it gets to that, like, dudes doing it is sort of awkward, especially as they get older. Right. But then uh, but then when you have, like, women, or uh, essentially men writing songs for women. Right. Be like, you know what would be attractive? Yep. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's it's easier to fit whiskey or rye into a, <laughs> into right. a verse than this it is, is bottomless is mimosas. But, yeah. but, uh, but, but, but I think, I think, like, there's, there's a couple of moments on this album you know, we played the opening track. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd forgotten about this earlier, but Bougainvillea, I think, um, the song is just such a tiny little narrow, perfect right. thing. It doesn't, it's not, a, it's not a story with a lesson. It's not, he doesn't try to make too much of it. He's just saying, it's, it's weird that this person and their stories could mean so much to me. And I don't remember her name or really what she looked like, mm-hmm. but I remember what the flowers looked like. Yeah. Right. And, and, and he's not trying to, to turn that into something bigger than what it is. He's just, he's honestly just giving you this tiny little thing and, and, and sharing what feels really honest in a way that like diamond on my diamond on, was it diamond ring? Diamond ring. Yeah. I I, I don't, I mean, that song does not feel 
personal or, no, or I, I honest don't know to what me that at all. About. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's about like it's you're it's, a special it's saying, person it's saying, or it's saying like... it's saying we fucked, but we're not engaged. Yeah. So so stop expecting things of me. Yeah, yeah. I see, is, that's, that's no which good. isn't which doesn't feel like it's not it's it's off brand for an album named Tenderheart. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, but it's on brand for country. It is, it is. But yeah. that's the problem is like it feels fake to me, right? right? It feels like it's, and that's sort of my so, issue with his first album so too. A, is well, I'll, make, I'll, just, I'll make a point about uh, this guy and I'll make a point about this record as well. Like there's a there's a there's a rapification of, of country, oh, yeah, that is really troubling to me in the sense that like every single person. It's like it's like a gangster rap mm-hmm. group that just runs throughout all of country music right now. And the one great thing about this record, if there's one great takeaway from this record, is that Sam Outlaw is the elite. He is soft. He is softer than Twinkie filling. <laughs> like, he is. That's what that's yeah. what Biggie would say to him. And there is the hottest take. Like this guy is like Charmin, and I'm like, thank God for that because. Yeah. Lord, I'm like, and, and, and there's a thing where like, okay, so I had a great conversation with an African-American friend of mine, African-American female friend of mine, who's trying to get into country because she keeps seeing me on these podcasts mm-hmm. talking about country. Yeah, and, you know, she's checking she, out. She's yeah. like, well, there must be something to it if you keep going back to it. And then the one thing that she keeps saying to me, is she's like, I wish that all these white people would stop being black on these records. Mm-hmm. And it's like, cause, you know, Florida Georgia Line yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all of the girls making like fake Beyonce records. Like it's a, it's a, it's a trope. Everybody's yeah. trying to make like, mm-hmm. you know, unforgettable or, you know, whatever. Well, Beyonce I, song I mean, look, Sam Love would never be accused of that. No, um, and it's, yeah. and it's, and it's is, refreshing. This is, this is, this is, yeah. I mean, it's, that it's re- he doesn't go with that. It's refreshing, but it is a, like, like you said, the, the song you were talking about, Eduardo, like that, uh, I think you're right. It's a perfect, like little almost James Taylorish type yeah, of it thing. Is. It is, yeah. In an album that has very few moments like that, and so it, this is, and and I don't know if it this re- required like a an outside producer. Like kudos to him to, to for producing this himself, right? But I don't know if it required an editor or producer or stuff. But it it there's an inconsistency to it that it's it's all pleasing, it's all okay, but the high points are sort of few and far between yeah but yeah. i don't want that i don't want that song on this album like when i listen to that ring i'm like okay oh yeah so, no. so i'm like you find like okay so you had to make the well no we, yeah, we like yeah girl <laughs> right what well, I, record. I, and I was I'm talking like, like Bougainvillea, I think. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Right, but like, right. yeah, Diamond Ring. No, no, is, Diamond Ring doesn't belong. I'm that. just like, no, dude, that's not you. You're not the Trey songs of country. You can't be like, yeah, girl, nah, it's good, whatever. Yeah. No, like everybody it, else is making that record, and like it's a one in ten. Yeah. You and, also want. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I think I think a good country record needs um, some some danger or some meanness or something. And I think and I think what that song feels like to me is like he's trying to bring that to the party in a way that's that's been done by people who are genuinely that way, and he's not right. No. So he's just yeah. sort of playing at games. <laughs> yeah, like, Self admittedly, like yeah, I hate like, being away from my wife. Right. I uh, <laughs> right. I have a new baby, and yeah. uh, they, they, this they, is they, they make that record. Like please, yeah, like... exactly. Because because there's enough danger in the world that if yeah. you if you just capture like something that's real or true, there will be danger in there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like uh, damn, that was deep. True. Wow. I don't know if we're worthy of that, so... man. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, to that point, like, what what are you going to do with this, Eduardo? I'm a I'm a really strong try on this. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's a, I think it's a nice record. It has some some really standout moments, and um, 
I think it, I think it's, it's, it falls a few kind of, um, steps short of being, um, really good, but, but I think it should be heard. And so I would encourage people to try it. All right. Mr. Okay. Dowling. I'll, I'll say in, in, in lieu now of Kendrick Lamar putting out a, a street trap record for an album, it's a great street tra- trap record, but it's a street trap record. Um, <laughs> country music is making the most challenging music of 2017. Like, intellectually challenging musically challenging music like across the board i would agree with cognitively like like it's the the music is is good and it's worth trying like everybody that's making an album this year really tried hard it spent a lot of money in the right places yeah to try to make better music like there's a regressive thing with other genres including rap also edm whatever like where it's like we're regressing to this like meme mm. that's not very good solidly. But the thing is in country is that people are spending money in the right places and not actually making regressive music. Like the mm. music that comes out is actually trying to like put forth a narrative change in country and trying to like expand huh. how you write songs and what you write songs about. And what is permissible to be said, yeah. and how you, you know, which is always confusing yeah. in country yeah. where that line is because people think that you have to do something a different way. Sturgill like went way over the top. <laughs> no, seriously, he went way yeah. over the top reacting to that, right? When he didn't understand, no, he made like in Men of Modern Sounds, he made one of the perfect country albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In uh, Sailor's Guide to Earth, he made one of the worst country <laughs> albums. <laughs> And he, and, he and, and it wasn't and because it wasn't because the songs were bad. It's because none of them fit together at all. But he was trying to get one. He just needed one. He needed to win that Grammy, man. Yeah, and he got it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. He did. He did. But yeah, it's it's so it's interesting that like this struggle is going on when the answer is is pretty simple. I mean, you just pay attention to what people react to, not. Like, yeah. like I hate to say, stay in your lane, but stay in your fucking lane, man. Yeah. Like if you if you want to be a country artist, be a goddamn country artist. Well, don't 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 change lanes by accident, right? Are you referring to like, a specific album? <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm just suggesting in general, it's good advice. Yeah. Know your lane, and if you're going to change it, make a plan to change right. lanes. Don't just yeah. don't just find yourself in a different lane than the one you meant to be in. Right. So that one last uh, Miranda Lambert trap album. Ooh, I, I, would, uh, I would listen. Yeah, yeah, it could happen. Um, so, uh, so you're a try. Yeah, definitely a try. Try. I am also a try. I yeah. think. I think for all the reasons we said, this is. Uh, there are that song bottles. I am such a sucker for a good hook. Yeah, like that hook is is so great. I, and I also like uh, unabashedly and unashamedly love Jimmy Buffett. Because he's there one of the go. greatest songwriters of all time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you, and we're back at Margaritaville yeah, yeah. in my I, Tommy Bahamas yeah, outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have to like celebrate and be a parrothead for all the time. And and right, right, you right. know, and I understand that that's not how a lot of people digest music or whatever. But like he has written like uh Come Monday. Yeah. <laughs> he went to Paris. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, like come on, man. Like those those are songs that inform this mightily. They do. They do. And and you know, when it hits on this album, it is like, oh, sweet. So this guy, this guy's tuned into something. I just want, I think he's still fucking with the dial a little bit. Yeah. 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 And, and so I think, uh, next time, and, and I am regretfully, uh, or very, I, I regret not seeing him at Songbird. Mm-hmm. Cause I, 
I saw, I picked up on the first album like the day after. And it was because he was on Chris Shiflett's podcast, uh, Walking the Floor. Yeah. And I, and I heard him, and it wasn't that it was a great interview. It's just that like he had more to say about his work than I would have expected. And then I went back and listened. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like this, I, I, I can dig this. Yeah. So me, what I'm saying is, Sam Outlaw, if you if you come off the East Coast, come hang out. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah to me, I just over want bottomless him to, mimosas. Yeah, I yes. just want him to actually like like. There's that thing from White Man Can't Jump where you say like, "Oh, have you heard Jimmy?" I want him to actually like hear Laurel Canyon. Yeah, and listen yeah. to the songs mm-hmm. and hear the songwriting and like I could see this guy just being. Are you fantastic. offering to ship him peyote? Uh, of course, I'd happily <laughs> yeah. do that. All right, we'll do that. Uh, Sam Outlaw, Tenderheart, it's out now. I was her friend. She was born in Argentina, lived a while in Mexico. Raised a family in Los Feliz with some actor I didn't know. And I would listen to her stories till the beer sent me to bed. She was my neighbor and, and I was her friend. Sam Outlaw's Tenderheart is available everywhere you can buy records. And I, uh, you know, we, I said try, I think we all said try this time, but uh, here's here's a little secret. Every album we talk about on this podcast, we buy. I buy. Uh, so I just bought it off Bandcamp. I was pleasantly surprised it was on Bandcamp. We love those guys. Uh, always miss Marcus Moore when he's not down here, but he's busy as hell and doing Doing great work up there uh, in in the band camp HQ in New York City, and um, yeah, I you know like I said, I regret seeing not seeing this guy at Songbird when he was in town. I know the tour is wrapping up; it might be a while before he gets out back out east, but uh, I hope he does because I'd love to check him out, I'd love to sit down and talk with him. I think he's just sort of revving up. Like uh, there's a lot to love in both his first two albums, and uh, Bottomless Mimosas may be my favorite song of this year so far. So. Um, kudos to uh, to Sam Outlaw. Uh, like I said before, we were going to get a little weird at the end of this, and that's exactly what we're going to do now. The guy we're going to talk about, Colin Stetson. If you, if you dig back in the archives, we did a nice little thing on his last project. Uh, it was a reimagining of Gorecki's Third Symphony, Sorrow, and had our friends Chad Clark from Beauty Pill and Louis Weeks, uh, now of the band Fauna Four. I believe I said that right. Hopefully, you don't have to check. Back. Uh, we're going to be talking to him soon, him and Noah Byrne. But um, Colin Stetson has a new album out. Now, this guy is, for lack of a better term, a, a mutant who can do things with the saxophone that uh, I don't think I've heard anybody else ever do and have it make sense. Uh, this is very, all his music is, is fairly avant-garde, uh, but it's also steeped in like hip-hop. It's also steeped in jazz. It is... It is remarkable um, what he is doing and the fearlessness which, with uh, the material that he's releasing. It is, um, you know, like, I, I don't know how you would sell this, <laughs> uh, is what I'm saying. Uh, but I do know how you would enjoy it. And, and right now we have a, a track that you can sit back and, and sink into this imaginary world that he's going to create for you right here off of, uh, off of his new album, All This I Do for Glory. This is like wolves in the fold. 
Fold is off of Colin Stetson's latest album, All This I Do for Glory. Uh, I believe he's up in Montreal, Canada. And uh, keep waiting. Hopefully he'll, he'll tour down this way and just bring all the stuff he's been doing over the past few years and, and unleash it on us. I mean, that would, we, all of us here are sort of itching to, to talk to him about this stuff. I mean, Sorrow was one of my favorite albums of last year. The uh, the album he did the year before 
the Sarah Newfield uh, was also one of my favorite albums. Uh, this is uh, this is high-minded music uh, that he's putting out there for the, for the common man, and it is it is at the end of the day wholly remarkable. So go ahead and get it. Is what I'm saying. That's our podcast for this week, or at least this Monday. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can leave us a radio message there. You can also listen to us right on the site, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Play, up on SoundCloud when we feel like it. Although SoundCloud has seen some better days. I think they might be uh, might be a little in trouble. We'll talk about that on a later podcast. Um, if, you, if you have any comments in general, there is a uh, little comment section below this post on the website. That is www.chunkyglasses.com. Uh, and uh, you can leave something there. You can just email me directly at kevin at chunkyglasses.com. If you want to see what we're doing, uh, because we are not just a podcast, we do get out in the scene and cover pretty much all the live music that's happening here in Washington, D.C. and beyond. And uh, our, our boys Matt Condon and Mauricio Castro are doing that. Uh, they are out there, and uh, you can find their Twitter handles and ours, at Chunky Glasses. Also on Instagram, you'll see a lot of posts going up on that. And uh, if this is something that you think that you might be amenable to, you, you think you got a lot to say about music and you'd like to say it on the mic and you think we sound like cool people to hang out with, we are, uh, then uh, hit me up, the, uh, the email I mentioned before. And maybe you can come down here and you can talk about your favorite album or talk about our favorite album or talk about whatever the hell you want to. Maybe we'll do that. I'd love to talk about cats. A cat podcast would be amazing. Uh, and it would get way more traffic than we'd get, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, we're going to be back in a few short days with our review of the Gorillaz album, and then after that, I'm going to have a conversation with a guy named Jason A. Mullinax. You know, if you go in our Twitter feed, you'll see that I tweeted out about his album, Time Being. That's out now. I recommend get it, do your homework, and get ready for that, because it's going to be a righteous conversation. Uh, and then uh, we're going to talk about see what else we got coming up this month. We've got some Thurston Moore, we got some Chris Stapleton, and then I am turning over the mics to Eduardo and Andre to talk about the new Dead Set that came out, the uh, Barton Hall in '77, which is quite amazing. And uh, so lots of good stuff coming up, and then uh, some stuff I can't talk about yet. It's going to be groovy at the end of the month. God, it's going to be so groovy. But so that's it. We're out of here. Uh, hopefully we'll see you guys out of the show. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!